St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the St. Patrick's Day episode. Oh, holy moly, hoobity derbity. Welcome to the hoody hoody hoo. Go get me lucky charms. There we go. We're off to the races. Dee dee dee. There it is. Sorry, Danny. You got to fit that in somehow. Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IG2G. It's episode 74. Don't you lean into the microphone, Eric. It's my time. Shut up. But Eric's here and I'm here. We're going to talk about something in the topics. We're going to talk about stuff in the releases. That's it. That's all the intro you get. 3, 2, 1, blast off, son. Number 5. First up on the releases this week, we got a fun little indie game that's out as of the 12th of March for the Switch. I believe it's also out for pretty much everything else other than PS4. Like, I know it's been on PC for a while. I think it's on maybe mobile devices, although I don't know how that would work. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. It's also out for Xbox One. <laughs> but we're talking about Hidden in Plain Sight, developed and published by Adam Sprague Games. This is a two-to-four-player local co-op game that's all about deception and, you know, figuring out who's who and accomplishing your goals. Now, this is a it's a, it's a set of, I believe it's five... Is it five mini games? It's either five or six mini games where you take control of a character that's well. Let me. It's hard to explain. Let me just talk talk through one of the games with you. So one of the mini games is called Ninja Party, and what happens in this? It's a single screen game. You know, you and two to four local co op players, like I said, and you. The whole screen is full of like identical ninjas, and there's a bunch of statues scattered around this one room that everyone's kind of milling around in. And so what you have to do in this game is figure out which ninja is you, because obviously there's, well, I'll get into why it's obvious, but obviously there's no like player indicator. But what you have to do is go around and touch all the statues in the room without the other characters discovering which ninja is you, because if they do, they can knock you out and then it's game over for you and they continue to do that. And you can also, if you find another player, if you figure out, hey, that's got to be Billy, you run over and punch him and then Billy's out. So it's all about deception, like moving around like an NPC, trying to, you know, deceive your friends, but also figure out which ones of your friends are the other players so they don't get stuff done before you do. Uh, in pretty much, there's there's lots of different modes like this, but additionally, to help you figure out who is who, as players, you know, as player characters touch the statues that you have to touch in Ninja Party in that one game, there's an audio cue, like a little boom, so you know, ooh, in that moment, check which each of the statues, see if there's somebody who looks suspicious all over, you know, if there's only one person there and no other NPCs all around, well, obviously, that's Billy, you gotta go get him. Whereas if he's being really smart, if Billy's being really smart and blending in with the NPC crowd, maybe there's two or three ninjas around a statue at that time. And, you know, he's he's playing his part. He's doing his thing. Think of like the Assassin's Creed multiplayer where you're playing as different characters, but all the NPCs also look like you. So you have to be on your ball. You got to blend in. Other players got to watch your actions and see which one is you. I love this kind of stuff. There's, like I said, there's five different mini games. There's another one like Death Race, where all the NPCs are all lined up on one side of the screen, and you have to get to the other side of the screen. Like there's a there's a little checkered like finish line. So all the NPCs are going that way. They're all going to the right, but only player characters can run. But also player characters can also shoot one other character. So if you see if Billy's like, oh, I'm 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 gonna do this. I don't understand how the game works, and just starts running to the right, you put your little crosshair over him and shoot him dead. 
boom, now he's out. And all the other remaining players still have to figure out who you are. You have to figure out who they are. And it's just that it's just that cat and mouse game of like, well, you're kind of kind of got to mosey along and play like an NPC until you get to the point where you think you can't do that anymore, and you got to make a break for it, or you gotta you gotta start. You know, you only have one bullet in that mode, so you got. I I can't say you got to start gunning people down, but you you see what I mean. It's it's a fun party game. It's like I said, two to four local co-op players. Uh, I I dig this kind of stuff. I dig deception things and figuring out type things. So if you dig that kind of stuff too, check out Hidden in Plain Sight for Switch, PC, Xbox, some other stuff maybe. But I'm not 100% sure, but check it out. Yeah. Number four. My first title for today is Ori and the Will of the Wisp. This is a direct sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, which came out years ago. If you haven't played it, I'd recommend you go pick it up. It's super cheap all over the place. Then come on into this one, although I will say from all reports, you don't have to have played the first one to enjoy and have a great time with this one, but Blind Forest is a great game, and so is Ori and the Will of the Wisps, developed by Moon Studios, released on PC and Xbox One, March 11, 2020. You can get your hands on it right this moment, and I'd seriously recommend you take a peek at this game, because it is a gorgeous, beautiful, two-day Metroidvania-style game. You are Ori, you are a little wisp man, you go running around all these lush, beautiful environments, and I'm not kidding you, everything is just colorful, beautiful, looks fantastic, very varied, that's funny to say, right, very varied. You'll go through snowlands, jungle-type areas, cave-type areas, all sorts of stuff. As soon as you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyways, you're on an adventure of light, darkness, alright? You want to make sure the light succeeds here in the forest and then save everybody and everything inside of it. The dark side has its own agenda, but with that being said, it's not just like simple, boring, good versus evil. You'll get to see perspectives from all sorts of different angles and why everything's happening. And while you're doing that, you'll be going through all sorts of, as I said, environments in which you'll be jumping triple jumping, double jumping, swinging with your lash over different uh, traps, etc. Finding all sorts of wonderful secrets that get you upgrades in the, in the way of these shards, which will give you new abilities, like the triple jump, as I already mentioned, uh, explosive uh, fireballs, you'll, you know, all sorts of stuff. And as I said, it's a Metroidvania, so you're going to, at the first, at the beginning, have only a couple abilities, a very few ways in which to progress through said game. As you go, you'll get more of these shards, unlock more of your abilities, and you'll be able to go back to environments you've already gone through and find new items, new things to progress further into the game. Does that sound familiar? Sure it does. It's your classic Metroidvania. Any of those, wonderful game, looks gorgeous, the music in it is fantastic, goes all over the place, takes you to places you never thought you'd go. It's wonderful. Go take a peek. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Number three. Next up on the releases this week, we got a port of a PC game from back in 2010. Now stop. I saw your thumb over the little fast forward button. Don't fast forward the podcast. Just because the original game is 10 years old doesn't mean this one's not worth your time. I'm talking about Lost Horizon 
which is out as of the 4th of March for the Switch. Like I said, it's already been out on PC, so I'm sure you can get it for like 10 cents on that if this if if what I talk about interests you. I believe it's also out for the iOS devices. This is a point-and-click adventure game set in 1936. You're dealing with globe-trotting conspiracies. You're, you're going into tombs. You're fighting Nazis. You're doing all kinds of stuff. What does that remind you of? Indiana Jones. Oh, my goodness. This is basically... I mean, it's basically an Indiana Jones game, but it's not. You play as some British adventurer. You have lost your buddy or your buddy's been lost overseas somewhere. You got to go find him. And in the process, you run across triads and ancient warriors and mystery women and Nazis. And you got to uncover conspiracy that might threaten the globe. All that Indiana Jones type stuff. But in a really cool point and click adventure game mode. Now, like I said, this is a port of a... 2010 PC game, so I'm going to say, I, I watched some gameplay, I watched some reviews of it, the The character animation, the character graphics are not that good. Look, I'll just say it, they're not that great, but they're not horrible either. And the, the voice acting for the main character, I think is pretty good. Some of the side characters are not that great, but like I said, originally from 2010, it comes with the territory, but what I will say is the background visuals, like the, the areas you go through, the, like the, the settings that you're in look gorgeous. I can't describe, I mean, if I say I can't describe how gorgeous they are, that makes it sound like mind-blowing amazing. And they're not like the newest, hottest graphics I've ever seen, but they really set the mood. They look really sharp. I don't know, maybe they've remastered the background graphics for this Nintendo Switch release, but they look really, really good. And for what I've seen from howlongtobeat.com, it is about a 10-hour experience. So if you are hungering for some point-and-click adventure. If you want an Indiana Jones game, that's not really an Indiana Jones game, because when was the last Indiana Jones game that came out? Like, forever ago? Or other re-releases of the old point-and-clicks? If you love point-and-clicks, if you love Indiana Jones, check out Lost Horizon. I know on the PC there was a sequel, so maybe if this one sells well, they'll also bring the sequel over to Switch. Or maybe it's on Switch already and I just didn't know about it. But this game's only 15 bucks. So if you're looking for an Indiana Jones game, if you're looking for a point-and-click adventure game, if you're looking for a point-and-click adventure game with cool action segments that are more puzzly than action-y, like, you know, you're you're throwing stuff out the back of a cargo plane, you're shooting Nazis, you're doing all this kind of stuff, but it's set up more like a puzzle than, like, you know, Twitch action gaming. I've heard the set pieces there are really, really cool. So if, if any of that interests you, check out Lost Horizon. It's out now on the Switch. I guarantee you can find it on sale for the PC or the iOSs or whatever other things it's on. But I saw this, th those background graphics, man. They they pulled me in, they hooked me in. I had to talk about it. I had to give it some love here on IG2G. So go get it. Lost Horizon. Number two. Well, it seems like today is just a day of sequels because my next one and final release for this particular IG2G is Neo 2. It was developed by Team Ninja and released March 13th, 2024, the PlayStation 4. It's kind of funny, right? The other one was for Microsoft and Xbox. This one's for PlayStation. We got no Switch titles this time around. Ah, well, what do you do? We can't have the best in the business all the time, right? Any of whose, Neo 2 is a sequel to, of course, Neo 1. However, this is actually a prequel to Neo the original because in this one you're going back to medieval Japan. You're going to take the role of a supernatural samurai hero who is going to go about getting rid of these yukai spirits and saving the day from all the baddies in a Dark Souls type fashion sort of gameplay. If you don't know what that is, it's where you are looking from third person, 
of your hero and you go through select stages, areas, environments, and the baddies are all extremely powerful and have patterns and certain abilities to them that you have to study, recognize, and master to beat because if you don't, they will kill you. Every enemy in these types of games, including Neo 2, can and will kill you if you're not paying attention, bringing everything you've got to every single fight that you're in, and mastering the weapons that you choose. And when I say weapons you choose, yes, you'll get to have all sorts of different types of weapons and styles of combat. You can have, like, heavy axes, you can have uh, swords, long swords, hatchets, all sorts of stuff. Switchblades in this one. It's crazy. So... Like most Souls games, you pick the way you want to fight, but it's important that when you do, you study it, you master it, you figure out what all your abilities are, and there are a ton of abilities for you to use, including those Yukai Spirits I mentioned. When you kill certain ones, you'll be able to gain new Yukai Spirit powers, in which you'll temporarily, just for a moment, become said spirit and do one of its unique abilities. Uh, an example that was given was uh, there's a monkey Yukai Spirit. Once you get that ability, you'll be able to jump in the air, throw a spirit, said bad guy. There you go. Pretty cool. Pretty neat. You get what I'm talking about. You'll also be able to go into like a Super Saiyan type form, in which case you are almost nigh impossible to kill while you're in it. Your attacks are increased. Everything's going on. You get to go at the bad guy full tilt for a few minutes, but you have to be careful because you can still take hits, etc. And if you do, that reduces the amount of time you get to spend in your Super Saiyan type form. So it's important that you don't be ridiculous even though you are impossible to kill and also be aware that while in that state of mind, you can revert back. And the sooner you revert back, you might be in the middle of uh, a bad attack from the enemy and it could kill you, that kind of thing. So very tough game. Lots of varied bad guys that you have to study. Bosses are incredibly difficult and incredibly long to beat. It'll take you many, many tries to get through them and then, of course, figure out all their movesets and how to... Uh, counter them, etc. And by countering, as you all should know by now with these types of games, it's important to learn when to parry and when to uh, do a counter strikes, that kind of thing, to tilt the bad guy, get everything going in your favor. It's bananas. The game looks gorgeous. You go in all sorts of environments, uh, temples, castles, forests, caves, you name it, you're going to be there, you're going to be doing it. And on top of all the main missions, you'll get side missions that you have to accomplish in between, which you're going to want to do because it helps, of course, power your character up to get you further into the game and also finds new weapons and potions, etc. for you to stay alive with. Really cool game. Not my, not in my wheelhouse. I do not like those types of games anymore. I've told you guys many times I've experienced the Demon Souls all the way through and I just, uh, you know, just wanted to kill myself afterwards, so not for me. If you like hard, super challenging games, this may be for you, and if you like, you know, the whole medieval Japan samurai vibe, then you're definitely going to want to take a peek at Neo 2. There you go. Number one. Last up on the releases this week, it's the game that I'm most excited about this week, but I'm also terrified of. <laughs> I'll get into that in a bit. But this is Murder by Numbers, which is out as of the 5th of March for the Nintendo Switch and also the PC Developed by Mediatronic and published by the Irregular Corporation, this is a, it's basically a 2D uh, visual novel style detective game. Hmm, that sounds familiar too. Hey man, this, my releases are all about, hmm, sounds familiar. <laughs> There's the theme for the week. Hmm, 2D visual novel detective style game. What does that remind me of? That reminds me of Ace Attorney Phoenix Wright. 
that's basically what this is, kind of more or less. You play in this game. You play as an actress who is who plays a detective on a TV show, and in the opening hours, or I guess not opening hours, and in the opening scenes. So this isn't really a spoiler. It's the opening scene. What do you want from me? The the showrunner fires you, and you're like, oh man. You walk outside. You find like a weird robot that's been thrown away, and he doesn't remember. He doesn't have any memories. He doesn't know what he's doing. His name's Scout, and he basically ends up being your assistant for a little bit because as soon after you find the little robot dude. You hear a scream, you run back inside the building. Hey, that showrunner that just fired you has been found murdered. So now you have to investigate. Well, I guess you wouldn't really have to, but I mean, hey, you just got fired and he just got killed. Who's the prime suspect? It's you. So you go around collecting evidence. You go around interviewing people. You go around trying to clear your name in that chapter. I believe there's four chapters total. And you do it in that classic Ace Attorney Phoenix Wright style mode, going around talking to people, you know, going through conversation chains, presenting them with evidence, seeing what they have to say about it, you know, learning more over here so you can ask that guy so you can bring him more evidence, all that kind of stuff. I got to say this, this, this game ticks almost all the boxes for me because if you, if you look at screenshots of it, if you watch it in action, the game is gorgeous. I believe the art is done by the same person who did Hotoful Boyfriend or or that person's the writer, I'm not sure. But the art is really good. It looks really sharp. 2D comic style, you know, sort of the old school Ace Attorney style images. Not pixelated, but all smooth, beautiful 2D art. The music is done by the actual Phoenix Wright composer. So you got that grooving Phoenix Wright style music going in here. Man, that sounds like it sounds like everything's coming together. You got good art, you got good sound effects, you got you got cool murder mysteries, you got evidence, you got interviewing witnesses, you got finding who out who did it. What's the one thing that makes Matt terrified of this game? Oh man, it's because to do a lot of stuff in this game, like I think to find evidence, like you scan the room like you do in Phoenix, right, with Scout, the robot. But then I think when you find evidence, you have to in order to pick it up or to determine what it is, I'm not 100% sure because nobody's really gone into it in any of the videos or reviews I've seen. You basically have to play a game of Picross. And I would assume that everybody knows what Picross is or Picross or however you pronounce it. But if you don't, it's basically it's basically like Minesweeper, sort of. Think of it like Minesweeper meets Sudoku, kind of. So... The, the briefest way I can explain it is you get a big grid, you know, a grid full of stuff. On the outsides of the columns and the rows, it has numbers. Like it'll say 141. So basically, in that row or column, whichever one it is, you have to like paint, uh, paint or like click, click on certain boxes to make it in an orientation of one filled box, four filled boxes in a row, one filled box. If that row or column just barely has enough boxes to do that obviously it's easy you put one a space four on a row space and a one but sometimes you know your your rows or columns will be way more than that so you got to kind of treat it like a crossword or a sudoku puzzle in that you know you find the easy rows or columns fill those in and then you go okay well that definitely has boxes here so that must connect to the row or column i don't automatically know it's it's really cool. It's a brain it's brain teasery. I love that kind of stuff. But for the whole not not the whole game, but for a big chunk of the game to revolve around that, it sort of terrifies me. Not because I'm not a smart guy, but you know, you'd be playing it late at night. Oh, I can't advance because I'm sleepy and I can't do puzzles right now. 
But if you if you are permanently sleepy and you can't do puzzles, there are also many difficulty modes. There's hints, there's assists. I believe, uh, well, one of the... It, sh- it shames me to admit that there's a mode that makes it this easy. But in one of the videos I saw, they were like, oh yeah, you can even turn it down to super easy. And he was talking about the PC version. Yeah, you can just turn it to like where you just drag your mouse all around the puzzle and it just uh, it fills in the blocks for you and uncovers the wrong ones and does all this stuff. And I was like, man, what's the point of even doing that? But if, like I said, if you're permanently sleepy, you can't do puzzles, that's perfect for you. So you shouldn't be scared of this game. Like I sort of am. Because... Knowing me, I'm going to do like I did with Catherine Full Body and put it on super hard, no assists. And then I'll just be like, oh, man, it's such a drag. And then I won't be able to turn it back down because my pride won't let me. But if your pride will let you turn the difficulty down if you're not into Picross, if you're not into, I think they're called nonograms, whatever the, because Picross is a, it's a Nintendo franchise. You can't really say it's a Picross game. If you are into that stuff, if you're not super into that stuff, this game has modes that will work for you. If you're into 2D detective style, Phoenix Wright style games, this game is for you 100%. Check it out. Murder by Numbers. I'll be checking it out. I'll be playing it. I just got to figure out whether I'm playing it on Switch or on PC because both sound really good. But check it out. Murder by Numbers. It's out now. Go have a blast. Imposter's topic of the day. Tonight, Ladies and gents, I thought we'd have a little discussion on multiple choice, okay? This is a broad topic. This can be any game where you make decisions, whether it be by talking to people, going left, going right, math-based, I don't care, I, you know, picking up things, not picking up things, anything and everything. How they work, do you like multiple choice kind of things, do you think some games don't do it right, do you think some games do it fantastic? What could you do to fix some of the ones you don't like? It's, like I said, very broad, very uh, ambiguous. Is that the word I'm looking for? Sometimes it can be ambiguous, yes. Okay, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anywho, the reason I bring this all up is because I didn't just have a great time. I had a wonderful time playing Catherine Full Body Edition. It hooked me back in there. I got through the whole game. However, I had told Matt and I told everybody else... I was going to go with Rin this time. I was going to do it different. I was going to go with Rin, see how it all played out. It's going to be fantastic and fun. I assumed, which you should never do, should never do, that the choices when Rin became a factor would be apparent. So in Catherine, a lot of your choices come down to two factors. I won't say how or what, but there you yes, go. Yes. When Rin comes along, I thought there'd be some sort of other factor or reasoning something that would showcase why you might want to pick some way or a different way to get the rin path because you're the whole time you're basically making these decisions based off what you would do as a human as a person and then it dictates who you're going to get to go with who you're not going to get to go with and rin's unfortunately was no idea had no idea. There was nothing remotely even in there that kind of hinted at what the heck to do to go that route. I did mm-hmm. what I thought would be right. I made the choices I thought would go to Rin. Now I got to jump in. I got to jump in on this. Uh-huh. How many times have you made what you thought was the right choice in real life, Eric, and it turned out to be the absolute wrong choice? All the time. That's the problem this, here, okay? So, <laughs> this is, you are actually role-playing Vincent in real life by playing this game here. 
I am. So see this this, this, this I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump in with my first point here. You want all the choices to be clear and understand exactly what's going to happen when you pick A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I got a problem with that because real life's not like that. I don't want go, that, but yeah, I understand if, what if, you're if, saying. If your wife comes up and says, does my butt look fat in these jeans? And it does, a meter doesn't pop up that says, A, yes, means you get slapped in the face. B, no, means you also get slapped in the face because she wants her butt to look big. That's not, that's, I, I don't, I don't like things that are, I don't like things that are just, hey, this is what is guaranteed to be this way. I like some, if I'm playing a choice-based game, I like there to be some ambiguity there because there's ambiguity in life. There's ambiguity in real life choices. So I had to just jump in and give my two cents in because I'm just, I'm just Oh yeah, you're going to get it. Don't worry. But here's the deal, Matt. When you got a game like this where these are hard factors, you're going to mm-hmm. go with this person or you're going to go with this person. Then they added the third one in, obviously. Yeah. With the main two, I'm fine because you can still end up with either or at the end of the day. There's a few hard line factors at the very end, but it's right. it's very clear on which way you're going to go. Rins is not. It mm-hmm. you get There's four random spots, and if you don't pick the very specific answer, you don't. Mm-hmm. Sh- it's cut off completely. There's right. no ending, period. Not bad endings, good endings, great endings, nothing. Mm-hmm. Just gone. And to boot, I like, I'm like you. I love the choices. I love the, oh my gosh, am I making the right one? Or just playing as I would. Like, hey, that's what I would pick. But some of the mm. questions aren't really based off that kind of fact. Some of the questions are just like, hey, is like pink a good color or purple? Uh, purple. Boom, Rin's gone. Woo! And I'm like, uh, her hair's pink, idiot. Why would you say purple? <laughs> Come on. I'm just saying. Some of the questions are just truly out there. And you're like, yeah. well, uh, I like potato chips. Wrong. Rin's out of the question. I'm like, what? No. Look how skinny she is. She doesn't need potato chips. No. Yeah, no. Come on. You know what I'm getting at here. I just don't <laughs> like it when it's so out there that unless you look at a guide, you've got about eight-tenths chance of getting it wrong. Right. And I don't like that because in this particular time, I'm playing the game a second time. If I played it the first time and I'd done it, I'd have no beef with it really because I'd have just been doing it for fun and having a great time. But the second time, I was like, well, let's do this. Have a good time. But go go Rin Path. Do everything you think Rin's going to want based off what she tells you, based off your conversations. And obviously, her conversations didn't give me any sort of uh, leeway into what the heck answer she wanted because I ended up missing one of the questions that you had to get right. And mind you, mm-hmm. I only missed one of them because afterwards I obviously looked it up. And I was like, one question not right out of the four criticals and I'm out. I'm just out completely. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. I should have at least been in the game for like a bad ending or maybe even a good ending at the best and still been able to pull that off. I think you're I think you oh, just saying on, that because man. this is the one thing you wanted to do with this playthrough. You wanted to 100% go this way and since it wasn't laid out super clear to make you do it. I think if you were playing it for the first time ever, you wouldn't care. This was the bonus that you, well, you and I, granted, both want to get on this playthrough. So I understand where you're coming from. I get it. But at the same time, I feel like you want it to just be train tracks laid out. This is what you have to say. But see, both of the other Catherines, all three of the Catherines, they have good and bad and right and wrong answers. So here's another one. And 
you can't know what she's going to want, yes or no. So it's, it, it, it is the same thing. Like, obviously, the other Catherines have more interactions. There's more ways to tip the scale. Mm-hmm. But she's, she's a bonus thing in that game. And she, she functions basically like the others do. She, you can swing her left to right, essentially. But she just, has a, she, she has just has a much narrower window. A very window. narrow window. A four-question yeah. window. To get it but right, she's a bonus, but she's a bonus. But it, I, I get and what you're saying. Bothersome. And here's, here's but, now here's but at the same time. At the same time, I, I, I don't, I don't see, get it. But here, I got the solution because I thought about it, you know. And I'm, I'm not. I don't want it to. I don't like. I don't want train tracks. I don't like that. I like it when you're having fun and they're asking you questions, especially when they ask you personal questions, like you know, like what would you honestly do in this scenario if a friend jumped off the bridge, but to help him you'd have to jump off too, but you could potentially die. Would you do it? You know, stuff like really cool stuff like that. I like those types of questions. That's fine with me. I don't. I don't like you know railroad tracks. All I I know I got to push B. However, on people doing second playthroughs or even people doing first that are just like. I'm going for the tr- best ending in this game, period, according to the developers. Mm-hmm. I wish there was an option where you could either A, obviously play normal, play blind, or B, go into your option menu, click spoilers or whatever you want to call it, and then when the options came up, it would have like an icon with you know the head of whoever, ch- whatever choice would be there or like the death choice and allow you just to cheat and play the game all the way through oh, for no. people who oh, want to do God. that. Oh now, God! Well, why don't you just flip to the back, back I ten would. pages of the book, and just read the whole thing? Just read the last ten pages, and you got that book. Hey, well, how, why go through three hundred pages? Second playthroughs, Matt. Come on! I know what you're thinking. It's disgusting, and it pisses you off because, of course, yeah. people are going to do this on their first playthrough just so they can get the best ending. They're not even going to try to do it on their own. They're not going to do anything. But I don't care mm. about those people, man. I care about me, who wants to do it perfect. Second if you've time. already played through it once. What's the difference in turning on spoiler mode and just putting a guide up? The difference is because it's a guide uh, takes me out every time. Just pulling up the wiki article on your phone and clicking, oh, here's the choice. This choice, Bernie dies. That choice, Ralphie dies. It'd be the same thing. You'd just be seeing it on your screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I could stay in the story and just click, all right, yep. Go but on you're right. not staying in the story Boop. because Boop. you're instantly taken out by seeing the result of your actions. You just see a little funny, fuzzy icon of Ren dancing or Ren sad, and then boom, you click Ren dancing, boom, you move on. Whereas when I gotta go no, to the wiki, I gotta stare at another screen, and I'm like trying to read, you know, put my nine, my nose right up to this. Oh, what does it say? Uh, this guy, and it's inevitably some kid who doesn't like write well, and you're just like, what's he getting at? I don't understand. What choice is what? Okay, uh, I think he said this one. Click, and now I'm coming back to the game. It's not fun. I want to be in the game, so I and it goes for like Mass Effect too. Whereas it's like, hey, if you pick uh, punch the man in the face, this dude's gonna get mad on your team. He's not gonna want to go with you anymore. Uh, she's gonna love what you did. Here we go. Well, first playthrough, it's fine. And it's fun. That's the whole point <laughs> of that game is you gotta know who your people are and understand. This it's just like real life, just like with Dragon Age. Well, I like Dragon Age. I'll, I'll use Dragon Age better because that's not a. A you alignment, it's a what everybody thinks of you alignment mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, oh, hey, you're here with the with the mage who's like all holy and hooty hoo, and you're here with the other mage who's hard as black as stone. Almost like a warlock. Yeah, yeah I mean, which which one are you going to pick? I, I feel, I don't know. I feel like it's a bad comparison because some games, I feel like some games the choice is so obvious, well, especially that's, when that's you're talking Dragon about Age, other characters. In my though. opinion. 
Yeah. And well, you're talking about games where characters, well, this guy's going to get pissed off when I choose that. You should know that by looking at the choice and knowing who you're with. But that's not the case. In some games, they don't pull through all the way like that. Some games are just, you. Re, and, you and Star Wars did this quite a few times. You come across a person and it's like, hey, he might be stealing something. He might not be. Do you grab mm. him and throw him to the ground or not? Or do you just let him do what he's doing? Well, this mm. could go literally either way. There is no, just because you're the holy knight and a, a black mage, yeah. that doesn't make a difference. But then you're like, well, let's grab him and throw him to the ground because he's probably trying to steal something from that guy over there. Throw him to the ground, all of a sudden, oh, it was some old lady you didn't see. And she's like, ah, yeah. And then the holy knight's like, ah, you're so bad. And you're, ah. You set this up to make it look like they're stealing and make you think they are stealing. It's a trick mm-hmm. question, and then boom, that's the choice. And now Holy Knight's off your team. Now Black Mage is your guy, and you're like, well, well I guess life, that's what's happening. <laughs> life's full of trick questions, Eric. It's yeah. the spice of life right there. <laughs> no. Come on, man. And you know what? Like I said, overall, I like this system too. But on my second playthroughs, this is where I always have the problems. I don't like having to look at guides all the time. Uh, mm. We've talked about this before, whereas back in the day, if you wanted to get every treasure chest, especially in like Final Fantasy VII, which is relevant because the remake's coming out, if you wanted to get every freaking uh, 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 summons and every single you know piece of uh, materia, you had to go check out guides because some of them are set up in such a way that you had to go someplace, come back again at a specific time or point to get it. And obviously, you'll never know that. So, nine-tenths chance of you missing it forever. For a first playthrough, so be it. For a second playthrough, or even a first one where you knew that someone's like, oh, you better make sure you get the Brabos uh, summon. Oh, God. Oh, now you're sitting there in a guide. Looking up crap, trying to figure out what the best uh, decision is to get the thing you want. I hate that. So you just want a big arrow. You want that, that indicator finger on the screen that just says, here it is, here's Not, where it is. No, here's here's a good example of what I would like in, in RPG games that do the, you know, miss out on character interactions or getting things. That is when you get to a spot where there's a split, all right? Say, uh, say behind this path and house, you're going to get the Arbiter, all right? But he's an optional character. You might miss him if you make the wrong choice or don't go down this certain path. When you get to that point, allow there to be a clue, a hint somewhere that you can find that would be like, because I I click on everything, I search every corner and nook when I play games and make choices. Make so it then so it's not I, an issue because you you found them. But here you went through everything. Not, but they don't always tell you everything. And remember, when you go down a certain path, say you choose the right path, and this is for uh, the game I'm referring to is um, uh, Chrono Cross. There's pathways where you're like, hey, I'll go right or go left in the forest of Mysteria. You go right, you, hey, you made it out of the forest, and boom, you're off to the next thing. If you go left, there's a hut, and inside the hut's a character whom you would have never seen or gotten at any point else than this very moment in time. Have a clue right before that left and right. It's like, oh, if you look over here in the bush, there's a little post, and it's like, hey, Kavu Kubu's house to the left. And then you can be like, Oh, what the heck's Kabul Kubu's house? I want to go there. Boom, to the left, you get the chance. If you didn't look around, you could still miss it and have the opportunity to be sad and lonely because all the rest of your friends looked and found it. But it's a multiple choice slash alternate scenario that you have a chance at picking except for blind luck. 
because I don't have luck. I will pick the wrong choice every time, naturally, and everything. I feel I like this like whole it. conversation is just getting to be like, you want everything signposted, you Dang want it. every handheld, <laughs> you want to play Final Fantasy thirteen is what you want to do, where it just goes, go oh. down the hallway, you'll get all the things. Maybe there's a treasure chest if you move two feet over here to the one little cul-de-sac area. Well, all right, so see, you're, you're a fan no, no, of oh, mystery. No, no right. I, I don't like it. Well, the one thing I want to say about this multiple choice stuff, because this is the one point that I had in my head that I wanted to make, is the one thing I don't like about dialogue systems and multiple choices is I don't like when you can't tell what the tone is of your response. That's the issue that I have with these type games, like Walking Dead, Telltale games like that. Mm-hmm. It'll say, hey, idiot, or what are you thinking? And And it's... It comes off to me as a sarcastic response, but when you when you choose it, he goes, "What are you doing, asshole?" Sorry, that was really loud. That's the issue that I have with the stuff. That's the improvement that I want made. I want tones integrated in that. That's the one thing I would say that I I a hundred percent want is if he's being sarcastic. Dragon Age Two did this really well. You had light side, dark side, you know, usual dumb responses, but in the middle there was the little Joker face. Mm-hmm. So you could actually be, you could actually have a non, you know, whole life-threatening, life-altering response, but you could, and it would tell you what the tone was. That's the thing that I don't like about multiple choice games is when you have dialogue options, it's like, okay, this sounds good, but when you choose it, he says it in a total asshole way. That's the thing I have problems with. Or you get those games, like some of the Walking Dead choices, you know, the... The text on the screen says one thing, but your character says another thing. That that's the issue that I have with multiple choice games, because if it just told me, you know, like, ang- you put an angry face there, it wouldn't. It's not necessarily telling you the outcome with each with the character you're talking to, but it's telling you your character's intention with. But it sounds that like you just love random anyway. So this is even more fun random for you, because now you don't even know what's good or bad, man. This is what you love. Just, hey, pick a choice and, hey, ride the river, bro. Ride that river and then you just see where it goes. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> if it, you, oh, you're I thought just, you're just You're just sore because you <laughs> want everything signposted. What, what I'm saying is when the choices, when the what your character is going to I say is unclear. Yeah. It's not like choosing red pants and blue pants and I see she's got blue pants on. I picked red pants and she's mad at me. It's saying, what do you think about red pants? And he goes, great. Or okay and, and when you choose okay he goes well, i guess they're okay that kind of thing yeah that's but if the you, issue if that you I knew, if you knew women kids. matt you knew damn well straight you should never say okay i mean you're gonna say they look damn good period that's duh i mean 101 well, she, right there <laughs> wait maybe she is only okay on the pants she doesn't think they're great no. if you say mm-hmm. great she's like ah, doesn't idiot. matter don't no. you see how big my butt looks in these then she's allowed to say it but you always say great period Pro tip from the pro egg. See, Does. solving these problems left and right, <laughs> and, and we all, and we always hear how happy you are at home and how uh, much your wife loves you too. Exactly, oh. I am happy at home, God. God. <laughs> so huh. but yeah, we're not gonna come to a consensus on this because you don't. I don't think you understand what I'm getting at. I think we're both in that boat of uh, you're going too far one way, I'm going too far the other. We're mm. not coming in the middle. 
You know, it's not it's making gonna, any it's sense. It's not going to happen. You can't, you, you, no, no. You can't tell me that you can't put so, a sign up that says there's a super your, secret this way. In all of your games, you've never been in a situation where you're like, oh, hey, look, he says, uh, take the green lantern, take the red lantern, take the purple lantern, uh, take the black one. And you're like, well, I love, you know, black's my favorite color. Take black. Everyone dies. End the game. Well, that's and you've been like, well, that's no. stupid. Why did, why no. was that the black one? What happened? Why why did it, why was black the choice of death? Why was well, the green sense, one the it's choice? Black, it's yeah, I know you flames. were going to go there, but that's not where I was getting at. <laughs> no, just, I've never I've never made a choice in a game and thought, "Oh my god, I had no idea that that would have happened. Let me turn everything off and reset and got to got to do something else." No, no. Really? Yeah. So like even in like Ding and Rampa, same thing where Every choice when somebody died and you didn't want them to die yet, you weren't like, ah, crap. Danganronpa is not that kind of game. Uh, okay, well, Until People Dawn. People specific parts. Did you play Until Dawn? No, I never did. Okay. Well, in Until Dawn, you can save people or the people die depending yeah, on yeah. choices. And some of the you know choices, which, once again, this is fun. I enjoyed that game. But I had everyone live but one person. And it was just like such a, just a minute, silly thing. Grab the grass on the way in. Or don't grab mm. the grass on the way in. Yeah. You know, boom. Didn't grab grass thinking save time, get to the house or whatever. She dies. Mm. And it's like, I, where was some kind of hint? Just a, a micro hint is what I'm asking for in these games. Just some sort of like, you see the glint off of a predator's eye in the tree or something. So then you're like, oh, for sure. You're gonna need that or don't need that, and then oh, but okay. you can miss it. Some, just... Something like that, where there is where there's an environmental clue that you look for. Okay, that that I'll, I'll support you on. I'll come to the middle on that one. Like, oh man, you hear some noise off in the bushes, and it's like, oh, do you run off to the bushes or do you go straight to the house? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you the player noticed something without it being. Uh, in your face. Yeah, a sign There's post. a sign there that says killer in the trees. Well, and remember, when I've said sign earlier, man, I didn't mean it's right in the middle of the fork of the road. You'll click, there's a sign. I'm saying maybe on a screen before, you know, and I'm talking in RPG sense here, old school, on a screen before that said choice, somewhere in that area as you're going towards the spot, there's That's a clue. That's not what you said, though. That's I know, not what you said. You know what I'm talking about. You were just being direct because you don't like this option. <laughs> And I'm just trying to get it, I'm trying to make it so it ain't as, because I see where you're coming from. I don't want it to be baby, well, I hate saying it, baby mode, but because a lot of people do love baby mode and want to play baby mode. See, but until I got my point out, I was going to say, well, you're the guy who hates baby mode. You don't like the super fly tutorial stuff. No, I don't. Even though we had the thing that it's good there for some people, but you don't like Mm it. (sighs) It's just, I I get frustrated sometimes. I feel like Until Dawn, though, is another unique experience where you're supposed to play it through a bunch of times and you're mm-hmm. supposed to screw stuff up with these dumb... I don't mean dumb choices, yeah. but like seemingly inconsequential choices and then that... laugh... Oh, and then he flies off a cliff As it goes ridiculous. Yeah. But that's... I mean, I feel like that's the... I feel like I, I keep saying, like, that's the point. That's the idea. Yeah. I feel like that really is the point of that game, though. You're not going to know what is right and wrong until you see it, and then you go, oh, no, Billy's dead. Next time, I'll have to do the other thing. <sighs> so in a nutshell, you like all the multiple choice types games as they are. No hints, no nothing. Make the you know make your choice and deal with it. I mean, 
for, and for the kinda, most you know, part, I guess. Do you play? Now, here's the question though: Do you play these games over again? Typically, depends on how much I enjoy the story. I, I don't play it over again to like Walking Dead season one. Mm-hmm. I didn't play it through again to get the dumpy guy instead of the hot chick in that in that first store we have mm-hmm. the encounter and one of them dies and one of them lives. I don't do stuff like that. But I mean, if it's a if it's a story I enjoy, if it's something that I really you know really attach the main character or whatever, sometimes I play through it again and then automatically choose all the opposite stuff just to see what difference it is. And they, hey, that's the other point. I, I told you, texted you earlier off show. <laughs> I said I had two points. One was the tone thing. The other is, I feel like. Companies like Telltale, like the knock against them is always, oh, you have all these choices, but only like two of them really matter. Yeah, that's the one thing. Yeah, that's the one thing I want is for like for that arm of the story, make every choice actually matter. Mm -hmm. Like you know, if you're a dick to Susan the whole way through in that chapter, then at the end she's not there. She books out of there and. Instead of, well, it's you, Susan, and Ralphie, and you're all shooting, and you got to shoot the right thing, or whatever the, the action puzzle is at the end. Well, But she's just there the whole time. You can treat Kenny real, you know, like a total asshole the whole time, but he's he's written to be your buddy, so he's just going to be there. deal with it and, and bear it up, yeah. And he'll either be, you know, oh, man, we're such bros, or he'll be, oh, man, I don't like you, but we're bros, and that's the only, those are the only two swings. Hmm. I feel like I, that's that's the other sorry that's the other multiple choice thing I want is choices to matter more in the instant. See, all we gotta do is keep talking about it because now you're getting to more along the lines of what I can I can tolerate. Maybe mm. as in like Catherine meters. So when you're making these choices along the way yeah. with these characters, you get an indication of what's happening. Like mm-hmm. just a, it can be small one. I don't care, but it's just some kind of indication. Like if I said, uh, you know, she, I, she, she, or this person or that person hates something or does this, and then you pick an option, and then you see them swing into a, a foul mood, or mm-hmm. uh, or just even give you a visible sign if it's like a telltale type game, whatever the case may be, a clear yeah, yeah. indication of what you did in that moment, and then mm-hmm. give you a couple more options along the way. To be, like you said, either rude, mean, nice, kind, or whatever, and then have that person either end up dead because you just threw them off the bus, basically, or end up in love with you, whatever the case may be, but some sort of more, just some sort of more interaction where you're like, well, not one choice, it's over. The Until Dawn one, and I'll make the exception for because, like you said, I think that was the point, was just those mm-hmm. quick, weird, just instant uh, you're moving left you're moving right you're jumping on the pebble you're not jumping on the pebble and you're like oh god since it's such a short game you can do it over but the longer mm-hmm. ones i like to have a sense of direction like okay i'm screwing it up with tasha here i better wheel it in if i want to stick her and keep her in the team you know and, and we mentioned it earlier i think dragon age the original did an awesome job of that if you started pissing off you know the black mage or the white mage Mm -hmm. they would start giving you a frostier reception each time you came over or if you went through their whole dialogue tree and you picked all the wrong things you know morgan would fold her arms like what do you want when you came over to her you'd be like okay well okay i i I better not bring her on this light side mission i'm gonna go do Mm. or what what is it win the the old crafty good-hearted mage she'd be like ah i really don't like what you did right there so okay you're going back in the camp you're you're staying behind keeping you out yep so i feel like i feel like a lot of games do certain areas of this right 
but then certain areas also they kind of screw up and that's kind of where i wanted to end it was just a little what's optimal what would you personally like to see in a in a multiple choice type game to come out in some here foreseeable future what aspects would you like ultimately in it to be the perfect multiple choice type game for you whether it be finding secret characters making choices to keep people on and off your team that sort of thing i can go first if you want me to yeah go ahead and go first I'll, i'll think about it some more so for me, as I said, I want more choices. I want them to be not. I'll, I'll give you this. I don't want. Them to, you should. I've come around. Oh, well, I haven't come around. I just was fighting on the other side for funsies. But I wanted to be just a little more visible with, and then have more choices for characters to be good or to be bad or to be neutral. Okay, mm-hmm. I want there to be three possibilities here. So first off, clear indications whenever you're having an interaction with a character of whether they're liking what the heck you're talking about or they're not liking what you're talking about or whether they're just meh, you know, right in the middle, don't Mm -hmm. care, whatever, and then keep rolling. That way I can keep track of where everyone is at, what they did or how they felt, and then if I choose to either memorize that or write down whatever I need to do to make sure that I get the characters on my team and liking me that I need or want to like me to get wherever it is I think I need to go for the end of the game. I'm hoping that more games take that into consideration And then, touching on that neutral thing, I don't think any game has done a neutral right at all. Period. Every game I play, if you go neutral route, you always get a meh ending. You get a meh for almost everything. And I just think that's kind of BS because I've played neutral on so many things in my whole life. And I'm like, "Eh, you know, I'm not getting just a meh, 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 meh. Most people, if you're just nice to and neutral to... They're just nice back. And I don't like how video games, it's like if you're just like, well, you know, politically correct, I guess is another term for that. And video games are like, oh, well, nobody likes you because you were politically correct and gray the entire time. It's like, that's not real life at all. <laughs> well, two things, Eric. First off, we we live a mad life because we make mad choices the whole time. So we we are. This is the neutral playthrough. No, this is just right hell. Here. This was a, <laughs> a negative playthrough. <laughs> but I will say, I think the one game that did do neutral correctly was Knights of the Old Republic Two, because you had Kira. I think her name was Kira, who was the the blind old Jedi with the long hair. She was neutral, but it was neutral in a fun way. Uh-huh. So it was, if you give a handout to this beggar, you know, that's the light side answer. Oh, you give it to him. But he he goes off, he's like jumping up and down, and he gets stabbed to death because his buddies see that you have, that, you get, that he has money. Uh-huh. But if you smack him in the face and say, get out of here, bum, he'll go run off, and he's so pissed off, he goes and shanks his buddies because they, they got, you know, a handout. So... I, f- I feel like that's the one game that did neutral playthroughs correctly because you could be good and you could be evil and you could like game the system. That's basically what she was trying to teach you to do mm-hmm. throughout the whole game. But I agree most neutral game, most neutral playthroughs are lame. Like even the, the Dragon Age 2 one, you had funny responses, but nobody cared if you lived or died. You were just a goofball and that was it. So yeah. I agree, but I did want to get in the, since you mentioned neutral playthroughs, mm-hmm. that's the old public too. It's probably the best one I've seen. Gotcha. And I don't, I'm not too familiar with it, so mm-hmm. I couldn't be the judge of that. But what I'm getting at too with that, and you know, I'll end it. I'm there is just basically more indications of what's going on. And then the neutral side, I want them to really focus 
I'm getting a third path in there with that. That's mm. not just meh. Because it doesn't have to be. Because there's, this whole, like I said, a whole assortment of real-life scenarios where people don't like you being a complete a-hole, and nor do they want you to be a goody-two-shoes doing the right thing. You're going to get some really good friends by just being an average Joe who's like, hey, I'm taking care of myself. If I can help you, sure, but otherwise, get out of here. Mm. And I think it's just a viable option that most games don't explore. They're always just like, oh, if you're not a hero, then you suck and you're a bad guy. Period. No, that doesn't make any sense. It's it kind of just takes me out of the you know the game sometimes because yeah. you know, the responses are dun, 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 or kill, death, murder, and I'm like, I wouldn't do any of these things. I wouldn't do yeah. almost any of the choices I make. I only just pick the good side because typically it's gonna be the better ending. So yeah. I go that route. I, I want them to work on that and kind of get into that maybe higher psychiatrists things like that and get more into the human psyche and just start to figure it out or really go deep into doing that. And then, like I said, give you lots of options to screw up or do right or do nothing, whatever the case may be, to get you to an ending that you feel fulfilled with instead of just going, hey, you got four hard choices, and if you just pick potatoes and not, you know, crusty chips, then you're lost. Sucker, game over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm definitely with you on the part about more indications of how you're doing with certain people, even if it is just like, oh, you're, you're saying the line and you see that person in the back go, ah, or the person like nodding and, you know, oh, yeah, smile, you know, interactions when you're with them and like, oh, yeah, I like you, buddy, or I don't like you. I, 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 I'm I with you on that. I'm also with you on the neutral playthrough stuff like we talked about. And I one thing I do want to expand on that just to touch and it'll go back to Knights of the Old Republic 2 is – more op- more in-between options. Mm-hmm. Like in original Knights of the Old Republic, in Mass Effect and Dragon Age, it's always good, neutral, bad. Mm-hmm. That's it. In Knights of the Old Republic 2, it was always super good, pretty good, neutral, sort of bad, and evil. I, I'll, if you have an alignment system, if you have a character alignment system, give me more independent ways to, you know, so if... The black mage hates you, but you pick a only the sort of good answer. It only puts him down a little bit more. I don't like that it's always like plus ten, minus ten, or zero. That's mm-hmm. it. So I agree I, with that one hundred percent. Yeah, old I, Republic I say, did that some. Yeah, I would say build into into that kind of range too. And I don't know. I feel like we we found a good we, we did a neutral a good range spot. here. But, so, <laughs> but I, I would say with that range of responses and range of emotions, you can get more endings. More endings. I don't like mm-hmm. there's the good ending, there's the middle ending, and the bad ending, and that's it. Exactly. I, I want some, hey, you, you got there, but you didn't save all the Ewoks or whatever it is. Or even you got there, but you got there playing and having uh, Jessica and Tommy like you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So guess yeah, what? Yeah. You're going to get an ending where Jesse, Jessica and Tommy are hanging out with you and whatever that ending is and going on, and you really pissed Michael off, so Michael is not about your life anymore. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? A varied ending based off who you chose to have in your group because of their responses to your varied actions, whether it be good, mm-hmm. neutral, evil, bad, sort of bad, sort of good, whatever, because then you'd really personalize it. And I feel like instead of people trying to gaming the system to get the good ending because the developers made the game with only the good ending in mind and the rest were just, man, it's not actually canon, but we just gave you a couple options. This would let you a lot, just live your life in the game. Make the choices you want to make so I don't have that pressure, like I said, of, oh, crap, uh, which one? Oh, no. Because like you said, when you go to a character and you know that character, 
Tom laughs at all your uh, your fart jokes. Well, mm-hmm. here's an option to tell some stupid joke. Uh, that's gonna have him cracking up. He's gonna like this. You can get it. You start to build a rapport, and in the, in, in the indications like we talked about, beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. See, we came together on a on a neutral but mostly good type ending right here. That's all it. Right. There, See, there we'll we just go. do that. We'll just do that, everybody. Forget everything else. <laughs> we just had to fight and argue and work our way to it. <laughs> oh, goodness. So now that we've reached ending B of IG2G episode 74, it's time to wrap it up. Imposters wrap up. So what do you guys think about what we talked about today? Do you want to get some of them releases? Do you want multiple choices? Choose... Make make a choice right now. Do you want A, all the releases, B, multiple choice endings, or C, screw you guys, I'm going home? You have selected C. So make sure you send that feedback to us via email at info at thirdshift.me, tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed you can. You can also find us over on that wonderful Patreon We treat it just like a little old tip jar. You like what you're hearing, like what we're doing, want to consider helping us out, take a peek over there. We've got some tiers set up for you to pick from, to have some fun with us. we got some extra podcasts for those who want to donate three bucks or up. It's a wonderful place, wonderful times. If we get a coveted $1 million, which you'll see, we're going to open up a food line, and we're going to have babies in jars. We're going to have the patented or unpatented, but soon to be patented, Cold Cox products. It's going to be the greatest of times. We're also going to have cameras set up. It's going to be a wild show, friends. So consider throwing us a million bucks. I know right now we're in the middle of a COVID virus and all that other stuff, but this is when you do it. You know, this is when you get in on... <laughs> Wait, no, this is not when you do- oh. donate a million dollars and we are what? forced to, to have a meeting, get everybody sick, get build a, a food line, together. get everybody inside, uh-huh. we all get sick, die. This is, no, no, this, this, this is, is not the it. plan A. This no. is option A. <laughs> I don't like this ending. We're, we're, I'm going to well, look see, up you the got guy this and I'm going to pick you a different ending. You got this ending because you picked potato chips and not butter. You did it. Damn it. Now you sold me. Now you sold me, damn it. I don't want to die of COVID-19 inside an empty food line filled no. with dead bodies. I'm looking up the guy. I want an option. Where's, where's the indicator? <laughs> There's no meter. There's no meter. No, uh, still meter or or a possibility in the options menu to turn it on and cheat. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> None of those things. But, hey, if you can't throw us a buck or two, that's fine, too. You can also help us out by getting us the old thumbs up on the Facebooks, the five-star ratings over there on the iTunes and other podcast places. You know what we're talking about. Those things help us out a whole bunch. Mailbag questions. Hey, just responding to this whole episode will help out. Let us know what you think. Do you like these endings? Do you like dislike having the multiple choices? Do you want to cheat, not cheat? Do you like just going to guides on your second playthrough and uh, not being a big baby like me? Whatever. Let us know. Like to hear back from you. Absolutely. And of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So we'll be back in your rear holes on the 31st of March for our very next episode. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. And you have reached ending C. That's crazy, guys. Also, five-star ratings. Ending C didn't have five-star ratings, but I'm adding them in anyway. I'm breaking the system. Five-star. Five-star. Five-star ratings, please. Help us help you. And with that, hey, everybody. Option C ending's a happy ending of just, hey, nothing left to say. Come back next time. Until then, 
Don't forget to save. What's my Irish accent? Uh, don't forget to do. Oh, lucky gives me lucky charms. <laughs> don't forget to say. <laughs> well, I keep forgetting it's Irish uh, accent day. Oh, don't forget to save, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, don't I don't know why I can't do it. I just can't do it. It's impossible. I like want to mix Australian with Irish with English, and I'm like, flower, <laughs> 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 oh, garbage. Awesome.